Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of on bro you're a little uh need to come up a little bit your volume a little bit uh let me Barely. see there you go what did you just do Does that work that's better yeah okay um yeah just turn the volume up man anyways this is episode 168 uh what's going on man um you're getting ready to uh take off to budapest yes um it's you know it's a little stressful getting everything over there and then i just actually met with the art department uh, part of the production team this morning on a Zoom call, and uh, looks like I'm going to be picking up a little bit more work because they have some little figurines they need to have done, oh. and so I'm going to be doing some sculpting also while I'm nice. over there. Nice. I um, see. Uh, uh, I saw that little figurine that you you posted up actually, man. Yeah. This is uh, here's another one. Um, it's just this is like you know. I didn't really, you know, there was no sculpting in the rabbit. I just painted it white and, and threw it in there. But this guy right here, yeah, that the guy did some sculpting on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Can't wait for you to see it in person, man. I'm so happy that, you know, within this podcast, we started this time. Um, you know, I was telling you about Budapest and, uh, you know, you're ending up. Yeah, how you never want to go back there again or something. <laughs> No, it's not that. It's just like it's still developing. You know what I mean? And I understand why it would be a good like filming site because it's probably like it's a beautiful city and it's uh, cheap for a lot of things, right? So, uh, but uh, yeah, I think they were able to get a good deal with the uh, with the film. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I see our guests, two guests in the room today. Actually, oh, yeah. So, uh, yes, that's right. You know, I'm just gonna go and let them in. Um, yeah, we're, we're real excited to welcome back Mr. James Fink and uh, his friend David Speed, who's street artist from the uk and he does a lot of cool neon art and um amazing amazing portrait and neon work yeah man i can't wait to talk about the line put on your red shoes and dance the blues wow that worked perfectly man hell yeah welcome david and james man you doing you hear us okay hey dude how's it going nice 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 that was so smooth man man you know first of all i want to thank mr james fink for taking the time out of his busy day to actually join us during uh uh you know the day to do this podcast we usually record this podcast at nighttime right and uh because we have a special guest from the uk today you know we, we did a little bit of a different schedule man so uh welcome both of you guys no thanks for having me on and David, awesome to see you here. I'm glad you're able to connect and get on. And I'm just going to be a fly on the wall and try and, you know, add a little humor if I can. But, uh, you know. You're allowed to talk whenever you feel like it. You know what I mean? You help this, uh, you know, uh, network with with, uh, with David. So, well, good, because um, I, very... I have several questions for him, you know, at some <laughs> point. But I'll, I'll, I'll let you guys lead it. And then I'll, I'll jump in where, uh, when, when, when it comes up. I figure so whenever first there's... Of all, I'm sorry, go ahead, James. No, I'm just saying, whenever there's four people, it's like a round table, and, you know, it's kind of just like everybody can just, you know, I, first of all, David has his own podcast, too, right? You want to tell oh, us a nice. little bit about that, David? I mean, just to... First of all, audience. wait, wait, wait. First okay. of all, David, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Um, I assume you're in London. Is that where you are? Yes. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm in London. I'm on that note of podcasting and all that stuff. Do you want me to capture my audio, my side? Because that'll be easier for you to edit together. 
I guess we're not that professional. We, I'm just going to record it on this side. But if you want to, I'm, I might I might try to figure it out. So, uh, you know, our, our rule yeah, is... Yeah, I can send you the file. There's no, yeah. there's no worries in me. Getting our one, so. our, our uh, philosophy is get it out to the people as quick as we can so they can consume it, man. You know, because as a podcast lover myself, sometimes, like, you know, I'll listen to, like, the shittiest quality <laughs> audio sometime, man. As long as it's captivating um you know that that, but that's just me because i've been a podcast fan for like over i don't know i think i started listening to podcasts i would say like in 07 man like long like you know you know because as as uh, a lot of radio shows i would miss them and then i would just catch the podcasts online man you you know and uh uh, you know so that's kind of how i got podcasting yeah i'm the same i've been listening to podcasts since um about 2002 2003 and my kind of mantra that i live by is published is better than perfect because i think perfection is the thing that can like slow so many people down because they never Mm -hmm. release it out to the world because it's not perfect it's not perfect and you're always your own worst critic and certainly when it comes to my artwork or, or podcasts or interviews i do or anything it's like i could sit there forever and pick holes in it and go oh i should have said this or i should have painted that or whatever but really, you're going to learn so much more if you just let go of that and you just put it out into the world. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Man. Um, that, man. So, Dave, do you mind if I uh, ask, um, how, did, how did you, you know, realize that, uh, you know, hey, I'm pretty damn good at this art thing? Hmm. Like, how old were you? I don't think I've realized that yet. I don't <laughs> think I've realized that yet, man. It's like, like I think. I think as an artist, you're always on a journey because if all of a sudden you turn around and go, I am now the perfect artist. I have made it. Then, then, like, then what? You're always struggling. You're always striving to, like, like everyone will go, oh, that's that's so great, that's so great. But then it's when you talk to your peers and your contemporaries, and and like they know what's up, and they'll tell you a good piece and a bad piece. Those are different conversations, right there, and that's very specific. When you're talking to fans, you're talking to the consumer. That's one conversation, you know. But you're exactly right. When you're talking to your contemporaries, man. Ooh, they'll be honest with you. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you look at their work and you compare yourself to their stuff and you're like, mm, and you know when you're flagging. And, and I, I just think it's a constant, it's always going to be a constant grind, but I'm thankful for that because I don't want to get to the stage where I think that I've done everything. I always want to be learning and growing. And I think there's this, this real myth that is perpetuated just culturally around gift like giftedness or or this person's gifted or talented like they've they've been born with these special skills it's like i picked up a spray can 20 years ago and i absolutely sucked but i really enjoyed what i was doing so i did it more and then i got a little bit better and then you you just go on this journey and the more you do something the more you 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 kind of learn and progress in it and that's the that's the artist's forever kind of you said okay i'm sorry you said you picked up a spray can 20 years ago Mm-hmm. You don't look that much older than 20, dude. Um, I don't know what you've been staying out of the sun or where, you know, I guess it's London. England, maybe it's London, out we don't have much. any sun. <laughs> yeah. um, dude, to be honest, I do. have an idea, a rough idea, you know, approximately how old are you? Tell us how old are you. You're young. Fuck you. I'm, I'm 39 years old. Um, yeah. I, I don't consume alcohol. I only drink water. Um, dude, that's a big thing right that's there. The, that's, that's great. The do you, you, as an Englishman, do you drink tea? I don't drink tea. I only drink really? water. Okay, okay. D- do you like smoke weed? I only drink water. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What do you do I'm, to take um, the edge no off, wonder, man? Hey, you I know mean, what? That, that's the reason I paint. right there. Are you paint? Okay, guy. cool, man. Oh, cool, my God. Man. He looks like he's like 22 or 23, you know, with a beard. <laughs> Granted, but there's some 20-year-olds that can grow a full beard at that age, you know what I mean? But, um, well, good on you, man. Good show with that's that. That's awesome, Okay, man. so my question, actually, my point was um, – uh, like what do you remember what's the first thing you remember drawing like when you were young um teenage mutant ninja turtles coloring book was my no. first kind of That's piece awesome. of art that that got me into it um for this christmas my girlfriend tracked down the exact same coloring book because i had it when i was like five or six and i knew in my head what it looked like but i hadn't seen it since like 1987 or whatever and so i was she she asked me that same question and i was like Really, it was this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles coloring book. And I was like, I remember it vividly. It had this black front cover, whatever. And so she just went searching on eBay, found the exact one. I opened it up, 
it's just like oh my god like everything floods back to you and it was it there was not colored in it was just this brand new mint i just looked through all of these oh, like beautiful wow. line drawings of the turtles it was incredible was but it yeah as wow. a kid growing up I that's was, a good lady right there good lady i was really interested in in cartoons and uh, masters of the universe and turtles and thundercats and all of that sort of stuff um but really i was never i was never like gifted or talented i always go back to that because I mean, I got a C for my GCSE art. So over here in the UK, you get rate, rated A um, down to D, which is a fail. I got a C, so like one off of a fail. Um, I was never told that I was special or good at art in any way. In fact, I had a, a tutor that told me once that art was not a valid career path for me and that I should be more realistic. Um, so I think what I, like with my podcast and whenever I'm talking to young artists, like I mentor, mentor a few artists and stuff, it's like, I will always say to them, like, don't be realistic, be completely unrealistic. Like I was told like through culturally, but also through people I love, also through people I didn't love. Everywhere I turned, I was told like, no, that will never work. No, you can't do that. That's not a career option, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the past 20 years that's been, uh, my life has been pain and, and, and I've done it. And like, I think you have to, you have to have that self-belief, which is a difficult thing to come by um but like it's 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 the journey man it's all my experience to where i've got to and i've overcome so much and so much of that is in my own head and and the thoughts and doubts that other people have put into my head saying that, that this wasn't something that i could do but like I, I loved comics when i was like a teenager and and all of the top cow um stuff i really really was into like fathom by michael turner like he passed away uh like comic book artist called michael turner passed away in the like, prime of his career and like he like he for me was just like such an incredible artist I was really in with his stuff and and yeah so I, I was really into comics but then I mean yeah I didn't start pro creating stuff that I was proud of until I was sort of in my 20s I would say oh teach you would like this uh fathom because it's it has uh, oh yeah very comics. nice two of the things that I enjoy right there <laughs> um, it's a cool story as well fathom Okay, I've never actually heard of this. This is like, I mean, I love Ninja Turtles. I love the, uh, you, you know, Thundercats and all that, but I've never heard of Fathom. This is interesting. Um, Have you heard of Witchblade? Hmm. Witchblade is the same I, artist. Uh, teacher has a phone call. Sorry, guys. I, sorry, no. It's my, question, my question, David, and, you know, because being a photographer in college, I was told, you know, your stuff isn't good enough. Your direction isn't great. You know, things like that. Why is that? Why do we collectively think that that's something that happens so often with people? I mean, look, I get it. Artists don't always make, you know, billions of dollars and, you know, run companies and things like that. And that's, you know, or doctors or lawyers are, are kind of the path that you're supposed to go, right? So I get that kind of like nervousness for parents and people around like, well, an artist, will you make money? How will you pay for the food and the roof over your head? But, but so often you hear artists being told that their stuff isn't good enough. They're not going to make it. It's amazing to me that, and it comes from people like my, the person that did that was a teacher at a UC, you know, college that told me your stuff isn't good enough. You probably should consider something else. Like, it's amazing that they do that to people. Is that to motivate us? Is that, or, or <laughs> I, I say that jokingly because it couldn't be right. But that it's, it's sad how much that story is true. Yeah. I mean, I have a little bit of that fuck you in me. So when I heard it, I was like, all right, lady, I'll, I'll show you then. And I'm like, watch. Um, and I, I think so much of success is so is like the best form of revenge because you never need to go to someone and go, look, I made it and like be rude to them. But just know that the bigger you get, the, the more chances are that they're going to see you. They're going to see you interviewed by the news. They're going to see you on the cover of a magazine or whatever it might be. The bigger you get, the more chances are that they're going to see it. I kind of love that, that, that people have told me that. I don't know if my, my tutor that told me all of that negative stuff has seen that I've made a success of it but so I keep I have to keep going like doing more and more becoming more and more well known so that eventually I know that there's no way she can't have missed it uh, right. that, that so that motivates and spurs me on but I think so like so we live in such a, a sort of fear-based society of like I, I would say to someone I would if someone's not good enough like I would say yeah you're not good enough yet but like that's great like keep going because when like I wasn't good enough for years and years and years and years I wasn't good enough right. and then all of a sudden you are 
you're you're bad until you're not bad anymore. And if you, if it's something that you love, really, as as long as you can, if you as you've got a roof over your head, how you spend like all we have is time. If, if I, <laughs> like I'm going really deep now, but like the the meaning of life is the time that we spend on this planet and what what we do with it. All that's all we all have is is our time on this earth. Spend it doing something that you care about and that, that makes you happy to get up in the morning, that sets you on fire, then you've won. Whether you make that. loads of money or you make no money, like as long as you're able to survive and do some fun shit, that to me is a life well lived. Um, and that's, that's why I'd encourage everyone to go after because the, the overwhelming narrative is no, you can't do that. No, we don't want you to have fun. We want you to sit and stare at a screen for 12 hours a day, um, come in early, go home late, work on the weekends, this kind of stress-induced society. Here's a load of adverts for a load of shit that you don't need. Go and get that money. Spend it on this stuff. Never, like, you're not going to ever be able to afford a house. We keep on the hamster wheel trying to get it. And really, it's just bullshit, man. It's like, this is the myth that we've been sold. And really what the myth should be, if you think back, if you take it back to our cavemen days, we worked for, I think it's something like four, four hours a day. Um, get hunter gathering and then it got to the stage where once you've got enough food there's no point going out and getting more food because it will go off because we don't have refrigeration so you've got your food the rest of the time we spent dancing or telling stories or like making art like that's what humans were built to do that's what we're on the planet to do but then all of a sudden we developed this system and this machine that always needs to be fed and for me i'm just like I mean, that's, that's why I do my podcast, Creative Rebels, is like to, to get out of this system. We don't, it's, it doesn't serve us. Do the stuff that you enjoy doing because I think that it's possible. Like I did it and everyone told me I couldn't do it and I wasn't good enough. And so I put my head down, got good at something and then dedicated my life to it. And now here we are. We're doing this podcast. Yeah, I got a it. question for you, Dave. Did you ever take any kind of um, uh, art classes other than high school or whatever, you, whatever kind of um, college or whatever? Yeah, so I was training to be a primary school teacher. Um, so I come from, I was adopted myself and I come from a um, family, like my mum my and dad were both um, foster carers as well. And so in my great house people over there. the years... They are, they're, yeah, they're incredible. Um, yes, yeah, like they've done a lot more worthwhile stuff with their life than I have uh, drawing on walls. But, um, but yeah, so so there was always kids in my house, and even at like seven or eight years old, I was looking after the younger ones. So what was always said to me is like, oh, you're so great with kids, like you should be a teacher, you'll be a great dad, etc., etc., etc. So growing up, I always had this kind of image of my future self would be like helping kids in some way. Um, so I was training to, to be a primary school teacher. Um, I was working in a primary school, telling all the kids to behave during the day and then running down the railway lines at night and painting trains and doing all of that sort of stuff. Coming in like super, super tired to like this, this group of like bubbly eight year olds. And I've been out like in the yard the night before and just like absolutely dying. But I remember once, um, this one kid was reading to me, David, his name was as well. And, um, we're, we're sitting like he's reading to me and we're sitting in um, we're sitting on these bean bags in this like in this room and it was winter and I'd been out all night the night before and it was really really warm in this room and David was not a great reader and he's reading this book so slowly to me and I just felt my eyes starting to close and then I just and then he just goes are you asleep and I was like oh shit I got called out by an eight-year-old for falling asleep on the job but um but yeah, so my, my path was, um, was to be a primary teacher and, um, and I, I loved working in the school. It was something I really enjoyed. But at the same time, I was doing the graffiti stuff and, and I, sort of, I wasn't sure what I was doing with my life, basically. But I thought, I need to get a proper job. Like, I, everyone was telling me, you need to get a proper job. And I thought, the only thing I'm going to enjoy is teaching. And I did enjoy teaching, but there was so much of it that I could see with all the paperwork and all of the, all of the systems that were involved with it that I really wanted to help a lot of these kids I knew for a lot of them that I was the only positive male role model in their lives a lot of them like didn't have dads and I took that that very seriously but I realized that within the school system there was only so much that I could do to help um, because you're so as a teacher I think you're so it's certainly in the UK you're you're so um, tied up with lots of other stuff that just isn't about the kids it's about ticking boxes 
So I went off to university to get a degree because you can't become a teacher in the UK unless you've got a degree. Um, and I thought, well, what's the one subject that I'm going to enjoy? It would be fine art because you could literally, you can have any degree and then they will let you to train to be a primary teacher. So it's different if it's secondary, you, like if you're going to do maths, you have to have a maths degree, etc. But with primary, you can have a degree and then you can teach anything. So I went off and I did this art degree. And I, at the same time as doing my art degree, I started tattooing. And mm. I, by the end of my degree, I realized I'd learned so much more working in a tattoo studio than I had during my degree. I didn't even end up going to my graduation. Um, I just, <laughs> I, I was like, I've, I've learned so much more in this studio. I've, I've seen someone who is an entrepreneur who has, like, because my boss who taught me, he used to be a carpenter um, and he was like, fuck this, started his own tattoo studio, making, like, making really cool work. He sets his own hours. He's making art. He, and he's done it all by himself. And that kind of opened my door to, opened my mind to kind of, there's, there's other options out there. Like I don't have to do one of these prescribed jobs that are the only, really the only jobs that we're told exist. I was never told that there was such a thing as like a creative director or, or, or a videographer or like none of these jobs are told to us. I was just told there's a doctor, lawyer, teacher, the five kind of basic jobs, um, or you're going to work for a bank or you're going to work like in advertising or something like that. So, um, so yeah, man, I just, I, I did this degree and I don't think I really learned anything during it because I, I wanted them to sit down and teach me techniques. I think the only good thing that it did for me was it just gave me time because they don't really teach you anything. They just say, make some work and then they critique it. So I, I had time to make a load of work, which was useful. But other than that, it didn't really teach me anything. I had a quick question, a little sidebar off the uh, nights at the training yards. <laughs> um, <laughs> Do you ever have any close calls with the uh, with the law? Um, no, not really. We were, I was going to say we were really lucky, but I mean, we were, we were really organized. <laughs> I think that's, that that's makes what a makes big the difference, difference right there. <laughs> um, I think, I mean, we used to, we used to sit and watch the trains for hours and hours because a, a lot of guys in the UK, I mean, I haven't painted a train in years, so like, let's not. I know there's people out there smashing it, probably painting right now. Um, oh, yeah. So I don't know how it is now. I haven't been to a yard for at least 10 years. But um, we used to get there really, really early and watch the cleaners go in because a lot of times the British Transport Police will hide within, within the trains. So if you get there early enough, you're going to see them go in and hide. Because, yeah, I've, I've heard of, of guys like painting panels and then all of a sudden they're, they're watching either side down the lines for people coming, but they come out of the trains and get you. And it's like, you've got nowhere to run at that point. Um, so we'd, we'd sit and we'd watch. Um, we, always, we always had an escape route planned and I only ever went with writers that I, trust, that I trusted. Um, I had an experience once where, where um, I went and painted trains uh, and there was a guy who came along who was like drinking the whole time that we were there. He was walking down the third rail and um, and so at night in the UK, the, the third rail is your electrified rail that gets turned off at night, but not always. And this dude's just like walking down it. And I, I'm just like, I can't, I can't deal with this like erratic behavior. So after that experience, I was just like, okay, I, I, there's a small circle. There's people I trust. I know have got my back. I, I go with them and that's, and that's it. Um, no toys. So yeah, those, those were the days. <laughs> Good advice right there, man. Don't go with people you don't really know. <clears throat> you never know what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, I, I give talks in schools every now and then, and, and it would be really hit, hypocritical of me to say, don't go and vandalize, don't paint trains, et cetera, et cetera. But because I did it, and like that would be a stupid thing to say. But what I do say is, like, be aware of the risks. Because when I was painting, it was not seen as as much of a crime as it is nowadays, and um, in the UK they class it as terrorism now. So uh, mm. you can get you can get instant jail time for painting on trains, and there's there's a lot of risk that that goes into it. So I Ooh. always tell people to just yeah be aware because it's um it's not a picnic anymore. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Anyone who's been who does that for any amount of time, um, they know that at some point you got to stop because the the odds eventually are not going to work for you. You know what I mean? Like eventually, if you just keep going and going and going, you're going to get caught, you know? 
Um, yeah, but I mean, I know of guys it also that depends have been on your means. multiple times, and they don't, they will never stop. Like I, you, they're lifers. They're forties, fifties, and they're still they're still hitting yards. It's like there there's something, and I think I do understand it. There is something about trains that is very magical and very addictive um, to writers. And I know, and and there are writers who are so clever that they're not going to get caught. I mean, they're going to be really unlucky if they do get caught. Um, and 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 I mean they're doing things like they're not ever writing the same word. Um, I know I know artists who are who are not even who are not even taking photos of their work because it's not about that for them. It's about the experience. They just want like like this is what they do. They paint trains. And um, I mean I've I've got a friend who's a, like a hardcore train painter, and I remember going to do trains with him. And like I'm going through my normal panic and my normal like. <sighs> fuck okay and i'm going to him like okay which way if, if it goes down which way are we get how are we getting out of here what are we doing and he, he turns to me and he goes relax man it's only a panel and he's a tube painter and so in the uk the the underground system you've got if you get in and you get over their razor trip wires and past the cctv and like it's like it's absolutely military when you get in you've got about 20 minutes to paint a panel and I'm used to having like 30 to 40 minutes in a, in a regular yard for, for like a, a commercial, um, over, like overground train. Um, but he's, cause he paints tubes. He's so much more hardcore. He's, he does it in his sleep. He does it so, and he was just like, man, relax. It's just a panel. And for me, like a panel was a big deal. So it's, it's all levels, isn't it? It's all like how sure. much you've done and, and how used to it you are intense man I, you know what it's just crazy because like i feel like for uk everything is magnetized in the cultures like everything that i love actually like for example like street art uh electronic dance music rock and roll it's like such a smaller community everything's so like tightly compact that it's i just feel it's just like there's just so much more i don't know compared to the u.s it's like it's so it's the u.s is so big man like you know and then it's like if you want to make like uh, a name for yourself i mean it would take i don't know a long long time but i feel like it's like hey for uk it's like if you're good and what you do and if you just kind of put in your work man um like it's so much more concentrated that people just notice things is that true you feel like i don't know i think so i think if you start if you start local but i think this could work in the states as well i think if you start local and you build that as your grassroots foundation around you then then you can build on top of that and then you can sort of start to, to move from there. Um, I mean, everyone starts from zero, where, whether, you're, whether you're in the Bahamas or you're in the US or you're in London, it's like everyone starts from zero. We're all at the same point. Fucking hell, what is going on out there? <laughs> 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 they, are, they are re-tarmacking the road outside of my uh, Oh, we studio. can't hear it. We can't, can't even hear it. You got a great but, uh, microphone. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a question. Um, so when did you move into the neon? Yeah, that's a good. Uh, uh, let me bring some. Okay, so up. yeah, so um, I've become sort of quite well known recently for painting in neon pink, and I did my first neon pink painting in 2018. Uh, I then sat on the idea for a couple of years because I was running a business. Um, I didn't have much time. And I, you know, when you just, you have an idea and then you just sit on it. And so the beginning of 2020, a few of my friends, so there's, there's three phases to my career. The first phase is 10 years, illegal graffiti, um, trains, track sides, warehouses, whatever I can get my hands on, just painting as much as I can. Then around 2010, um, the, just the fun was gone for me like a lot of my um, peers were getting sent to prison for doing it and the the risks were becoming more and more I was doing more and more stupid shit I I found myself once on this ledge above a motorway um, and we were it's probably 60 foot 60 foot drop behind me um, and you know how when you paint a piece and you sort of step back to look at your work I oh, went to step back and my mate just like grabbed hold of me and was like, what are you doing? Because I, I was just wasn't thinking. Um, oh. So I'm doing more and more dangerous shit. And, um, and, and for, a, for such a long time, I really wanted to like get up. 
and and be known and then as soon as we sort of really did get to that stage all we got was a load of bullshit and a load of hate and i was just like oh fuck's sake, and jealousy and all that sort of stuff so it was not it was not really doing what i wanted it to do so um at that point i decided okay let's knock the illegal stuff on the head um and i started a company to try and kind of create some opportunities for artists and creatives because really we we had nothing and we were all looked down on and i was like there's something here i think I think we can do something with this. So the next 10 years I spent building a business um, called Graffiti Life. We did a lot of like a, advertisements for Nike and Reebok and Adidas. I mean, if you name a, a, a global brand, we've probably worked for them. Um, BMW, Mercedes, um, uh, eBay, Google, like we worked nice. for everyone. Um, and that company's still going and it's still strong and it survived the pandemic and, and we're really grateful for that. Um, and then, the final stage of my career um, started in 2020 when a couple of my mates sat me down and they were like, look, you don't really paint for yourself anymore. Every time you paint, it's just a commercial job. Um, you've, we'd, um, we'd just done a big job in Holland and they were, all like, they were all like wanting to go out and paint. And I was like, you know, I'm gonna stay home, you guys go out. And they dragged me along and I had loads of fun with them when we went out and they were like, look, you had loads of fun when we were painting. You need to get back into it. You need to start painting your own stuff again. So I took them seriously. I started doing a little bit of work. Um, and then one day I was painting on the rooftop of my studio. I've got a beautiful studio in Shoreditch and really lucky to have this kind of canvas um, up on the roof. And I heard someone shouting at me and I turned around and it was a guy called Goldie, who is a bit of oh, a man. legend in the UK. He's, uh, he's a DJ um, too, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's mostly known for his music, which James, you probably know the Metalheads label and all of the, the drum and bass and stuff like that. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, he's a drum and bass icon, but he actually um, was a graffiti writer in the, in the 1980s. Um, one of the UK's like first and really pioneering, like he was doing mad, mad styles and um, he's from Warsaw and and yeah so he like I, I'm like I hear this dude shouting and you when I'm painting in the streets I always hear people shouting and it kind of goes over your head I try and ignore it a lot of the times um, but this kept on going and I, I was like oh fuck say who's this now so I turned around and I was like I think that's Goldie and it was Goldie and he's wearing this huge fur coat and I was like wait there I'm coming down so I ran down off my roof went down and chatted to him and he was like I love oh and at the time he was being filmed by Sky TV. So this meeting is all on camera. Like there's a camera in my face as soon as I'm there. And he starts talking to me. Did he look like this, wearing so this fur coat? He looked exactly like that. And he was wearing that fucking coat. He was wearing that fucking coat. So Goldie with his big fucking gold grill gives me this. Never met the geezer before. He's like, gives me this massive bear hug. He's a bear hug. And, and I'm like, being hugged by my hero going hello Goldie like it was so <laughs> bizarre and he was like man what you're painting is, is fucking dope he was like I this is from you I was like cool so he gave me his email address and I'm running up the stairs repeating it to myself over and over my head so I don't get it emailed him straight away I didn't think I'd hear anything back but the dude commissioned five canvases on the spot paid for them before I'd even made them um, and that and then all of a sudden lockdown hit so all of a sudden we go into this pandemic, I've got five canvases to make, I've got all, I, I burned through these canvases and I was just like, this is fucking fun. I'm having fun, like I really enjoyed this. And so I give so much credit to him, serendipity, like the fact that I happened to be painting when like one of my heroes and a legend of graffiti and drum and bass and everything and gave me props, like I had no followers or any social proof or anything, he just liked my work. And that for me was such a, such an endorsement and so like gave me so much confidence. So I, I really credit him with, with like hugely in, in my, this sort of next Dude, phase of my career. I, I have chills, um, man. I, I like to be honest. What, no, what was the piece that he saw you painting? Um, so there's, there's, it's, it's early back in my Instagram feed. I, there's um, like an embracing body. That's like a couple, two, two people um, like kind of holding onto each other. Um, and that was like, literally yeah this one wow. um and so what's the date on that so february nice. february 14th so this is just before the uk locks down in march um and then 
And then throughout lockdown, I just painted like a, a maniac and I made um, 98 pieces in 2020. Um, launched a career, yeah. put the stuff on YouTube, on um, Instagram and it started going crazy. And just, yeah, and, and here I am now. And I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful for a global pandemic because it changed my life. It literally changed my life. Well, I mean, you know, I love that story, first of all, because it kind of like, it really, really proves my theory on the whole DJ and music art world, man. I mean, Goldie, to be honest, is one of those crossroad points, actually, where art meets, uh, or uh, street art meets uh, electronic dance music, and actually, and, you know, as you may know, on this podcast, I'm not a uh, street artist, actually. I'm, I'm just a music producer and a DJ, and I'm friends with a lot of the uh, uh, street artist like teacher, you, you know what I mean? So I think that yeah. that's why this show- just just a DJ and music producer, you know, it's such <laughs> a yeah. Well, look, look, I mean, like I said, uh, this show mainly is about street art, and it's because I think like you know these artists, what they do is so cool, and we need to really document and highlight uh, a lot of the work, you, you know what I mean? So uh, to me, that that story is just awesome because to be honest, you know, you're talking earlier about um, having a lot of uh. uh uh like fuck you to the pe people who said you couldn't do it you, you know what i mean for me like especially growing up as an asian person like you know you're always just told everything that you do creatively is a hobby man and it's good to hear like uh uh that white people have the same <laughs> issues sometimes too you, you, you know what i mean oh dude it's hard being a white guy <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> no, speaking but, of music um yeah. david what kind of music are you into um so dude i haven't listened to music for the past 10 years like as i was building my like i used to be so 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 into music and then when you start um building a business you have to sacrifice certain things um and i mean i was one of those nerds that used to go around the internet and, and find those, like those new mp3s that you could download right. um and mostly mostly kind of electronic stuff like i really Base jungle, uh, the product, um, and uh, but also I was really into like and, and Stone Temple Pilots and nice man. Really, I was all over the place. It's such a scene in the UK. As I started building my business, man, that that fell by the wayside because I just didn't have time. Um, I think spot things like Spotify now make that so much easier. You don't really have to go hunting anymore. The the radio feature I love on there, you find a track that you like and and you click radio and then you, it shows you more tracks like it. Um, yeah, but, but it also I'm makes much more like passive listener now. Like I don't, I'm not able to. I don't really actively go out and find stuff. I just put Enjoy shit it. on, like let Spotify roll, and and I'll kind of listen to stuff. And then and then you've listened to forty songs, but you don't know who the the bands are because it's just been this random hodgepodge. So. Um, it's difficult. I, can I, mean, really I wish I can listen to music like that again, to be honest. Like, it, just really, really enjoy it as a fan and not have to nerd out about, like, analyze everything that's going on because it actually, like, takes away from the experience. You, you know what I mean? Like, once you, like, deep dive into something and try to become an expert at something, like, your mind just, like, starts analyzing, right? You, you know? So, yeah. um, you're right. Spotify does really help with that, too. Like, and then, but one thing about Spotify for sure is it has eliminated a lot of DJs who were just depending on their, hey, I have a special songs. <laughs> you know, everybody yeah, has some yeah. of those special songs. All those special bad. songs on the radio were for under the table to get played anyway. So, <laughs> oh yeah, from the radio perspective. That's right. Yeah, you would know that, right? I, I was in radio for 15 years. So, you know, it's for a long time, you know, they got the most but uh then it became popular and then then it got it definitely man so tell us a little bit more about your podcast man i mean who you, you have a co-host right when did uh when did you yeah. start it yeah so we started the podcast years ago now and it's myself and my business partner who i built graffiti life with uh it's called adam brazier he doesn't paint anymore he he really lost passion for painting he's uh now a photographer and he's still involved in the business because he's still a shareholder. So he comes to meetings every now and then, but he's, he's mostly removed. He does photography now, fashion. And um, yeah, it's the two of us. We, I mean, my, my sort of um, start story and, and how I got into my career. And I, we, we really wanted to 
company existed, like we built Graffiti Life to help. Once we got our roster of kind of like 12, that we really weren't able to help many more people than that. So the podcast was really sort of a way of scaling that of people saying like how have you done this thing how have you built this business and when I was when I did go to university part of our course was to contact working artists which I did and they never like no one ever gets back to you it's annoying when a student emails you so I always vowed when a student emails me I'm always going to try and get back to them uh, but then we started getting like loads of emails it was becoming kind of work so it was like how can we help these people let's just refer them to something like a video or something. And then we started thinking about doing a podcast. So, um, so yeah, we started two years ago. Uh, we got to number one on the business chart. And since then, I, like our last episode that just came out uh, yesterday, actually, is with the founder of Netflix, um, Mark Randolph, wow. which is a fascinating interview. The guy is just, is just incredible. Really, really interesting guy. Uh, we've interviewed the founder of Twitch, um, Justin Kahn. There's, there's so many interviews on there that, that have just have really changed me as a person because you have these conversations. I mean, throughout lockdown, it was so lovely to, to have that time to connect with another human being. Um, as you guys know, when you podcast, like you're not on your phone, you're, you're locked in, you're engaged in a conversation. It's, it's so nice to go back to that. Cause even if like, even if I'm out with friends or whatever, like you've still got your phone in your pocket and you'll be on it. If there's like a lull in conversation or whatever, can't do that on a podcast it's just you and a guest having these interesting talks so yeah we were, we wanted to just kind of get loads of successful people on break down their stories of like how they did the thing that they did me and adam can chip in with how the, we've done the things i think that people learn best through stories so if we can tell the stories of like a diverse um then hopefully there'll be someone in there that will say one thing on the right day that is going to unlock it for you. That's going to go um, talking about thing, and I bake cakes. But if I apply what he did to painting to my cake bake, that's going to work. And then they go off and try that and, and make it a success. So, um, so yeah, it's just we just talked to successful creators. Um, we've had like Harry Mack, the freestyle, um, was a, a really fascinating interview. Um, and it's, it's, I love it. It's one of my favorite parts of my career. And one of my favorite things I do is just getting to jam with really, really interesting creatives and like dive into their brain and, and just work out like this, how did you build an audience or become successful? Yeah. It's a great way of, um, basically increasing your palette to, uh, to choose from. I got a, a question for you that's been kind of sticking in my mind. Um, how did you, drink water like what what was it what did you go through did you you know was there something that happened or whatever that made you decide you know what i'm just going to drink water yeah sure so um i used to drink tea um a lot and i used to drink alcohol um and i found it really difficult to sleep um like caffeine like was really interrupting my sleep cycles i'd wake up in the mornings and be like so dead like so tired um, and when I was about 16, I had something called chronic fatigue syndrome, uh, which lasted for about five years. And it does Ooh. what it says on the tin. I was chronically fatigued. I was very, very tired. And literally, I used to go to bed for like 18 hour blocks. Um, I was lucky. Luckily, I was still living with my parents. So um, they just like uh, props to them. They just supported me. Like I had a part time job. Uh, but they like didn't ask any rent from me. They were just like, you've got to get over this illness. Um, like nursed me back for about five years. The only thing that I had during that time was one little part-time job and painting graffiti as, as often as I was able to. Um, those were the two things that, that sort of really got me through, uh, just gradually building up my schedule. But one thing that I did was I started to eliminate um, drinking. I was drinking much less. Uh, and then I, and I eliminated like, fizzy drinks and and like caffeine and as soon as those were gone I started sleeping a little bit better and then with the drinking I I probably I used to I like it just gradually went down and down I, I used to drink lots of a little bit and then you go out with friends and you'd have a drink and then and then I started drinking like just birthdays and Christmas and then I and then I was like I could probably cut this out and just not drink and I, I don't think I've had a drink of alcohol for about four years now um, and I don't miss it. I, I, I wouldn't go back. It's, um, 
it's not something that I need. Like, cause when I was younger, it was definitely a crutch. It was definitely like, oh, let me, I, I want to chat to people. I want to be like engaging. I want to be fun. So I'm not allowed to do that basically. unless I have a drink. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, do you like, like, uh, for eating, do you also like keep it real simple for food? Um, food, like, I, I think my only vice really is sugar. Um, okay. I do enjoy ice cream. Um, so what I tend to do is not buy ice cream, um, because I buy it with good intentions of like, Oh, I'll just have a bit and then I'll just murder a tub of Ben and Jerry's. So, um, so sugar is the, is the one thing that like, I just find it so hard to quit because it's in everything as well. Um, so I wouldn't say I have like a crazy healthy diet, but, um, uh, like it's not, it's not too bad, but it's not something that I, I think about too much. Like water is just, it's, it's part of my life. It's not like I have to make an effort to do it with food. Um, I'm just kind of fairly straightforward. I eat well, but I could definitely eat better. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just very curious. Cause like, I, I like really, I feel like I'm living like the exact opposite life. I, I, I like even for water, like I need to have it sparkling water. Like I'm just saying, <laughs> This is like my daily shit. You know, I mean, because like regular water is too boring for me. It's like I, I smoke weed every day. Like you know what I mean. And uh, it's it's not so much because of uh, it keeps me sane. It puts me at in a certain frame of mind. Like you know what I mean. And yeah. I remember before I I was like, uh, I guess you know, for the first twenty one years of my life where I was sober, I was just so anxious like all the time. Like you know what I mean. And uh, um like i said it's just so i i just i was just i'm always just like envious of guys like you where they can like uh uh take away all these vices man like you, you know but dude, I mean? like, like one is one is not better than the other though this is the sure. thing it's like there's no there's no correct answer i think everyone wants to prescribe like oh i do this so you should do this no fuck that right. do what what works for you like right. um for for me i like i've got like 90% of my friends are big weed smokers and okay. I can see the ones who it serves and I can see the ones that it definitely doesn't serve. Mm. And I'm fairly confident that if I smoked a lot of weed, it wouldn't serve me. Um, because I've been in those rooms and got like passively high off of them fucking caning it. And I know <laughs> that I like, I know that I don't want to be slow or, or relaxed. Like I need, I need the fire. I need the energy. So um, it's, it's that, but that's a personal choice for me. That doesn't mean it's the right choice. I think everyone needs to just find the path that, that works for them. Again, the time that you've got on this earth, man, like, how are you going to spend it and spend it? Like, like if I, if, if, if drinking water for me was a fucking chore and made me feel miserable, <laughs> then I wouldn't do it. Okay. Do you know what okay. I mean? It's like, no, okay. I love water. It's fucking delicious. Like this shit, I like, <laughs> I could drink a Coke and I'd be like, uh, just give me a water because I much prefer uh. the taste. I think after you do cut out, it's like I had mad headaches and everything. Cause when you cut out caffeine, it fucks you up for a bit. Yep. So okay. as soon yeah. as I cut those out and I'd gone for a few weeks, I'd gone through the whole Turkey after that, your taste buds start to change and then you yeah. actually appreciate how delicious water is, but it, it takes time to get to that stage. Um, I think I see it but, as discipline but, but though. That doesn't you, mean that you know, everyone for... should do it. I, I see it just as so much discipline. That, that, that's all, and I, I wish I can be a little bit more disciplined. Uh, as uh, I, I know some people, we all, we all have our own level of toxicity that works for us. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like that. I like well, that. Um, you know what? Um, you know, my wife's a psychologist, and there are actually people who have ADHD or at least a small version of it. Sometimes caffeine helps focus you, right? And I have mm -hmm. two friends, actually, they're in the same family, and they both down diet cokes. But when they don't, they actually feel this like unnecessary nervousness, probably what you feel. So that actually is something that's good for them because it helps kind of like settle them down and focus them. What if, what if my key point here is the key point is here, folks, check with your doctor and figure <laughs> out what's going to work best for you. Okay. Right? But yeah. I would, I would say to your diet, I drink. I would say to your Diet Coke friends, though, um, what's probably happening there is that rather than, like so when i wake up i'm on this level when they were on this level but the coke brings them back up to their normal so if they could like so all that's happening there is the coke's just topping them up to normal if they could get rid of the coke 
it's going to be a horrible two weeks. But after that two weeks, then they'll just be on the level without it. Um, but that's probably true. That's awesome, man. Man, it's so awesome you well, got to talk I lost you guys. We can hear you. We okay. can hear you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Still, still still there he is. Okay. Yeah. We got him back. I'm back. <laughs> Hello. Do you have anything coming up um, uh, that you'd like to talk about? Coming up, um, just just quickly before that, I think, um, James, like you mentioned a, a really important point there. And there's that, do you know that hardcore guy, Jocko Willink, who like posts oh, on his story guy, every day at 5 a.m. when he's going to the gym? <laughs> Everybody, all my, friends, thing. all my friends love that guy. They're like, oh, dude, look at this guy. He's so tough. I'm like, God damn, what are you running from, bro? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's going on, man? Like, you know, I need to know, man. But anyways, yeah, I do know that guy, Jocko. Uh, but he says that discipline is freedom and I do I really do believe that because when it came like okay so if we look at last year and I painted 98 pieces in the year and this year I'm on I'm on track to do more than that um when it came to painting 100 pieces like I did not want to paint every single one of those like I didn't wake up with a spring in my step every single morning like there was times where I was in my bed and it was warm and the last thing I wanted to do was go outside in the <laughs> cold and paint for seven hours. It was the for last sure. thing I wanted to do. But it's the discipline and it's the, the building into my identity. Like I'm someone that works really hard. That's, that's what gets me out of bed. That's because I know that my achievements only come when I put the work in. It's like my Instagram wouldn't have grown to 70,000 followers in a year if I hadn't painted 98 um, paintings because there wouldn't have been the content to, to push it. I also think like I'm a better artist now than I was a year ago. And there's no one painting that I could go, oh, that's the one where all of a sudden I became better. Mm. What happened was I got better because I painted for such a, a long stretch of time without giving myself a break. So I do think discipline is really important. And I think the more you can master it, the, the more you will get out of, of your profession if, you're, if that's what you're like focusing on. So like if you said to yourself, like I'm going to produce a track a day or a track a week or like how like whatever is is a challenge but achievable if you look at video games like the games that we get addicted to are the games that have just enough challenge that it's hard that we're going to die a bunch of times but in the end we actually can do the objective we can like complete the game those are yeah. like the most addictive video games so but they're exactly the same in life if you say i am going to do five songs a week that's going to be fucking hard, but it is doable. And yeah. then you put each every you put every track out on TikTok, and people start to realize, hang on, I'm getting regular content from this guy, and I really dig it. And then they start to follow, and then you have one tune that goes yeah. completely viral, and then that's the tune that absolutely breaks your career. So, totally. um, so I do think, although the discipline is is hard, man, it is really hard, and you have to. I'm I'm considering getting a, a tattoo on my wrist that says work just so I can. That's amazing. When I have that, when I have that fucking thing of like, all I want to do is sit and scroll on TikTok or watch YouTube videos or whatever. I could just look at my wrist and, and just see what work and just remind myself to fucking get yeah. back to it. Because <laughs> although it's hard, all of the joy and the beauty <laughs> and everything that I've got in my life has come through hard work and hard work has come through discipline. So yeah. um, well, I hope I'm, no, I, 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 I love it, man. I mean, um, we do have another guest, but I just wanted to say the reason earlier I was saying I was getting chills, man, is because I was like, you know what? I love those stories that you're just like, you put in the work and then you're, the reason you're at the right place at the right time is because you have put in the work. You, you got to see what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I actually had a similar experience. I actually challenged myself at the beginning of the season. I was going to write a song a week. And then Sorry. shortly after, um, I met a mentor, basically, that, a worthy mentor. That was that, that basically told me he's like don't do that <laughs> he's like i'm gonna he's like you're gonna kind of but he's like I, I got another curriculum for you basically but what i'm just trying to say is like a lot of times when you actually put yourself in the out in the universe that challenge and you come to the table consistently as a professional of whatever field you're doing those things like goldie just yelling out to you they fucking happen like you, you know yeah. you, you know what i mean so um like thank you so much for sharing that story man like that, that honestly it just it gives me uh like i you know a lot of times we do this show i'm like you know we, we're just doing it because we, we love to do it you know you know but knowing that you know just 
from what you, the advice that you're giving, it's just like we, all you got to do is keep on doing it, man, and, and constantly improving. You know, teach. Were you gonna say something? Sorry. You, yeah, you, we also like doing this show because we like people to see how guys like you get where you are, just like yep. you with your podcast. You know, and um, it's it's great to hear that there's a lot of discipline involved. You know, some people need to hear that. And, you know, because some people think, oh, I'll just do a little bit and I'll get lucky and it'll work out. You might, but you got a hell of a lot better chance if you put the time in and if you're disciplined. You know, I'm going to go and listen to that Justin, Justin Khan episode, man. You know, what's crazy is because on my birthday, when we first started this podcast, um, actually, like, you know, uh, I actually asked Teach to paint a... Uh, a mural of Justin Khan because I, I actually respect and look up to this guy so much, man, because I'm like, dude, this guy like invented Twitch. He's not your standard in the box Asian, man. And, uh, you know, he's very, very successful. And uh, basically like at my birth, teacher, you remember that? <laughs> you, you, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and they painted over it. Yeah, yeah they well, that, that's, well, that's a different story. But what I'm just saying is I'm going to go and listen to that episode because to me, like, this is one of those things. It's like, man, it's a weird connection. But uh, like I said, he's one of those dudes I look up to a lot because, um, you, know, you know, like I said, he's, you know, he's already made it in my book and he's still continuing to create more, man. And uh, that's kind of like definitely uh, uh, what I want to do, man. Wait, what's, what's the word? Uh, your, your 20 year overnight success? <laughs> now it's 20 i thought it was 10 damn 10 years 20 years whatever right? like overnight success yeah the, the, what was the last 10 years before that right like yeah. all the work you put into it and that's really what it only it took 20 years to become an overnight success that's that's it that's what i was trying to say exactly. <laughs> yeah man and uh you, you know so it's crazy because you only have uh i mean you have like 95 episodes man and uh uh i i don't know I, you know like i said we, we're just gonna keep on doing it uh we you know but we, I think we have something to learn from you in terms of the podcasting too, man, like how to market it and things like that. We'll definitely, I love to kind of have some conversations. Well, how much marketing have we done, James? Oh, I just put in our first ad with Wyland, dude. <laughs> oh, really? I just figured out, I was like, okay, like how, how can I- We pick? haven't been marketing at all. We just been doing this and letting our, our, our you know, followers grow organically, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'll, I'll tell you what, the best, the best thing to do is, if you're currently listening to Paint the Town podcast right now, you've probably been listening for a while. And if it's brought you value, like this shit's free. Like you just put it in your ears and people listen to it and that's dope. And if you enjoy this show, what you can do is you can tell a friend about it because that's how podcasts grow is that people make cool shows, make good shows, and then people tell their friends about it. But what most podcasters don't do is ask their audience to do that little thing for them. They just give, 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 give. They give all of these episodes, but they never actually ask, guys, can you share this on your story? Can you take a screen grab? Can you tag our guest, David Speed, at David Speed UK on Instagram? Can you tag Paint the Town podcast and pop it up on your stories just to show people that you dig this show? And that's how we built our show, was asking every single episode, if you enjoyed this, tell a friend about it. If you got value from this, if you, if you know someone who's struggling with what we spoke about in this episode, send it to them and let them hear it. You'll look cool because you've shared a good show with them um, and everyone's a winner. So that's, that's yeah. my main piece of advice. I think the main way podcasts, grows, podcasts do grow is through word of mouth. But just right. ask your audience to share it and they will. Love it, man. Nice. Love it. Thanks Thank so you much, so much, man. man. And uh, well, at this point in time, I mean, we pretty much ran up on an hour, man. That blew by it. D Dave, we got to ask you, like, you got to do these, like, you got to be a regular on our show, man. We, lo we love having uh, some guests from across the pond, man. And uh, I'm happy. Whenever, you're, whenever you like, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in for sure. Love it, man. And, you know, we're going to be out in Europe sometime, and then we'd love to kick it with you in person too, man. All right? For sure. For sure. I love it. Hell yeah, man. All right. So the guests, uh, follow us at PTTP Show. Leave us a review on iTunes and share this with a friend. If you've uh, been listening, <laughs> and thank you so much, man. And uh, Dave, drop your social one more time uh, for the and also the name of the podcast so we can follow you. Yeah, no worries. Our podcast is called Creative Rebels, and that's on any podcast platform. Uh, for my socials, you can find me at David Speed UK on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you so much, David, and thank you so much, James. Thank you for joining us today, guys. The audience, love you, guys. Take care and peace. And in the end
Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.